Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We've all heard of the expression, there's no I in team. But let me tell you, there is an I in Christmas, would you believe? Now, I think it is time just to spend a little moment of being selfish. Think about some of the things that you are going to be selfish with over this Christmas break. I don't want you to be thinking, oh man, this guy's crazy and he's just lost his, <laughs> lost his mind. Christmas is a time of giving, Dan. No, be selfish for a moment. I want you to do that. And in a moment, I'm going to ask some of you, Tell us what you want to be selfish in tomorrow. Whether it's a gift, whether it's you want to eat something, what you want to receive. So is there anyone here brave enough who is willing to stand up and tell us one thing that they feel like being selfish with tomorrow? Anyone? Yes, Ken. Stand up and tell us in a big, loud voice. My wife has not had Christmas with her mum and dad for many years, and I want to be selfish, but she has a great day. Oh, well done. Ken, that's not being selfish though. (laughs) Well done, mate. You're a better man than me. Someone else, is there someone else who just wants to give us an idea of their selfish Christmas? Someone got the guts to stand up and tell us one thing they want to be selfish with tomorrow. Anyone? Josh Todd, I'm looking in your direction over there, buddy. You look like you've got a selfish facial expression happening there. <laughs> Do you know, for me, one thing I really want to be selfish with tomorrow is food. I want to get to the table first. I want to get the first pickings. I want to get the first cut of that nice ham and lamb. But do you know that it feels good being selfish sometimes. But even though there is an eye in Christmas... There's also a Christ. And it's interesting that um, when it comes to Christmas, (laughs) sometimes we get it so wrong. There is an eye in Christmas, but there's also that Christ. And the Christmas plan from our Father all along was to have his son at the center. His son was the plan, a royal act of his love. The year was 2016. It was Christmas Eve. Not a creature was stirring, except Daniel Zare's insecurities. (laughs) I was sitting a couple of rows back here in the Christmas Eve service, and Lizzie, my fiancée at the time, was next to me. And she leaned over, and she said, hey, let's get a photo with you and the family after in front of the tree. And when she said that, I responded in the correct way. I responded in a positive way. But what was going on up here and what was going on in here was completely different. So I responded with, yes, darling, what a lovely idea. But inside, there was tension. There was emotion stirring in me because she'd just moved over a month prior and we'd been planning a wedding and we'd just finished our, um, I just finished my teaching for the year. So I was still a bit tense from that. And we had some arguments building up to this moment. So there's already 
this underlying tension that was going on in here. And so sure enough, we took the photo and everything seemed rosy on the surface. But as soon as we got into that car, I let rip and it all came out. And we got into this massive Christmas Eve argument. And I was doing well when I hit on a sore point with her. And I, and I knew I hit on something sensitive because, oh, this is the worst argument we've ever had, the engagement ring came off and was thrown back at me into the car. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, church. Don't get all judgy on me. And so I had stepped into this selfish realm where I could see my Christmas starting to take a bad turn. So I realised I had to really change the way that I was speaking to her and try to somehow make amends to this. So anyway, we said we exchanged a few more lovely words with each other. Obviously, they're all positive. And we found the ring in the back seat, under, you know, and we got back home. But it went from bad to worse because we found out as soon as we got home, that Lizzie's, one of her friends, had passed away. And so here I was in the middle of our first Christmas together with her, two weeks from getting married, and we'd been arguing our heads off. I had had to go from chief accuser to now chief grief counsellor. <laughs> and I had to really change my attitude super quick. And... The beginning of our first Christmas had really taken a really bad turn. And it reminds me a lot of the very first Christmas. You know, we were shopping in Singapore a couple of weeks ago on Orchard Road. And it's not stall by stall in Singapore, it's mall by mall. So all the shopaholics out there, make sure you go to Singapore, pay yourself a visit and make sure you go shopping there. So here we were on Orchard Road, and I look up onto this billboard, and there was this incredible thing that I saw. This scripture being proclaimed on this billboard out the front of this shopping mall on one of the busiest roads in Singapore for the world to see. John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. It's clear as mud, isn't it? Repeating itself. Repetition, repetition. When I'm a teacher and I want my kids to listen and understand, I repeat. I go for it. I say it again. And so my expectations of this 2016 Christmas, the one that Lizzie and me have this big falling out, were dashed right before my eyes as I had to adjust my plan of perfection to choosing to just love my wife, getting my own um, desires, my own uh, selfish ambitions for that Christmas and perfections out of the way. And so this Christmas story, the original Christmas story, comes along and it paints a picture of peace. You know, when we walk around the stores, we see the beautiful decorations, we hear the carols, you know, we see this wonderful thing taking place when really the first Christmas was a point of stress 
And it featured desperation, even disappointment and fear. You know, Caesar Augustus decided to throw a census. So he tells the whole Roman Empire they need to return to their place of birth to register for this. And so, obviously, Joseph comes up to Mary, nine months pregnant, by the way, and says to her, look, honey, I'm taking us to Bethlehem. We need to get there in time. So off they go, 90-kilometer trip. Here is Mary, nine months pregnant, on a donkey. And when they get there, Joseph's too late on Bethlehem Airbnb. So when they get there, Mary has to deliver her own baby by herself, no family, no um, support, no midwife, amongst a bunch of animals. (laughs) Was that convenient? Was there time? For Mary to think about herself, her own thoughts, her own back after that horrid ride on the donkey for 90 kilometers. She must have been thinking, here I am, delivering the Son of God into this world. And look how it's going on. Look what's happening around us. Now, was there a time for me when I had this big argument with Lizzie, was there a time for me to go, hang on, your friends just died, but what about me? What about my plans for this Christmas? What about what I expect for this Christmas? There wasn't. It just, like that. And it wasn't a convenient Christmas. And let me tell you tonight, that the path of peace is not always convenient. It says in Isaiah 9, It calls Jesus this. It says, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, not the Prince of your preferences. And so over this Christmas time, I'm sure there's already been some things that have come to you and fallen in your lap. Were you, would that were not aligned with your preferences? with your perfect idea of Christmas. And even if this wasn't the year, there's a good chance that down the track there will be. And so when Jesus tells us that he's the Prince of Peace, it can be really hard for us to believe when we're in a world of brokenness. One Christmas day, a dad was packing the car for his family. His little girl was distracting him wanting him to play with her and her new toys. So, in his wisdom, he thought, hey, that's right, she got a puzzle this morning as her present. So, he went and unpacked it for her and said to his little girl, darling, I want you to complete this puzzle. I want you to put every single piece back together. It's a map of the world. Off you go. Here the dad was, thinking in his mind that he'll have a good clear 40 minutes to an hour, just enough time to finish packing that car for their big holiday trip. (laughs) Five minutes later, his little girl comes back to him saying, Daddy, I finished the puzzle. What? How can this be? Sure enough, he goes and looks, and just as the girl said, there it was complete. The dad, awestruck, asks his little girl, how? 
How did you finish this, darling, so quickly? The girl said, When I looked on the back of the puzzle pieces, Daddy, I saw a picture of a family. And I knew if I could put the family back together, I could put the whole world back together. So let me tell you this evening, everyone, that our greatest need was for a saviour. We needed forgiveness because we couldn't get our own lives back together. You know, so often we think of changing the world. We think of changing the people around us, changing our circumstances, wanting things to be different. When Jesus comes along and he says, no, I want to work on you first. I want to change you first. And we know this from Luke 17, verse 20 to 21, when he talks about the kingdom. He says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God starts here. It starts in you. Sometimes the kingdom of God camouflages itself in weakness. And we know that when we look at the first nativity scene, the manger. When Jesus came in a manger instead of a mansion, the world was expecting him to be born into a palace, born into royalty, and he comes in weakness in a manger. And not only does he come in weakness, he then dies in weakness on a cross coming in weakness, dying in weakness to become our strength, to become our peace. Pope Benedict XVI said this, Christmas is a time when we contemplate the face of God, which is not revealed through force or power, but in weakness and the fragile constitution of a child. This divine child demonstrates the faithfulness and the tenderness of the boundless love with which God surrounds each of us. For this reason, we rejoice at Christmas, reliving the same experience as the shepherds of Bethlehem. That is the love we have received. And so can I encourage you, reach out to someone tomorrow that you know is having a rough Christmas. Reach out to someone in your world that you know is going to be doing it tough tomorrow. Someone that even might not know about this Prince of Peace. He delights to work in your life. In Psalm 75, it says, For your name is the near one. He loves drawing near. Imagine for mothers and fathers what a beautiful picture it is when you get to see your kids opening presents, being close to them, encountering and and, and being with them, experiencing it together. Imagine how much more our Father loves being near to us when we experience his gift of Jesus, when we open our lives up to him. And so I want to ask you a question. Would you like to receive this Prince of Peace, this mighty God? The one who was born in weakness, died in weakness. But then, because of that, he became our strength. So if everyone would like to close their eyes. Our God specializes in hiding treasure in discreet, messy places. And so, 
I'm going to say a prayer and I would love you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, we thank you for sending your son. Let's try again, everyone. You repeat after me. (laughs) Father, we thank you for sending your son. Thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas. Your son is the center of this story. He is the Prince of Peace. We're sorry at times for getting our preferences wrong. But we thank you for your forgiveness forgiveness that covers over all our wrongs. Today we ask you in and to forgiveness of all our wrongs. You're the Son of God. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.